30 to 40% of our workforce is going to retire in the next decade. What a legacy moment they have, unlike any other time in, in our industry. And that's a, you know, that can be a, seen as a challenge or it can be seen as an opportunity. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. My guests today are Chris Eccleston and Jenny Schroen. Chris is the CEO and founder of Delmarva Veterans Builders, DVB, located in his hometown of Salisbury, Maryland. He proudly served in the Navy for six years as a nuclear machinist mate, completing three tours of duty. After the military, Chris received a construction management degree and has become a passionate warrior defending the image of tradespeople. As DVB grew, the company gained recognition for its strong company culture and fresh approach. Jenny is the creative developer for DVB. In 2020, she won a Marcom Award, an international creative competition for developing DVB's ad campaign, Grit Leads to Greatness. In-depth research regarding the power of grit and first-hand view of the workforce shortage inspired Jenny to team up with Chris to co-write a children's book titled Grit to Greatness, a nod to her own children for persevering through tough times while demonstrating to all people the vital impact construction trades have on the world. Welcome to the show, Chris and Jenny. Excited to have you guys here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is exciting. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I always like to start with people's backstories. What led you into the, the world of construction? Chris, you go. Okay. I, at, before I left to go into the Navy, I worked at a trust plant for, uh, let's call it six months, building roof trusses on the okay. line. So I was the cut man. And then I learned how to do that and, and, and uh, kind of did all that. And then also... I um, was like one of my favorite merit badges as a Boy Scout was the home repairs merit badge. And you got to part of that merit badge was like fixing things around the house. Like, so you learned about electricity, plumbing, you know, drywall, painting, trim carpentry, all that kind of stuff. And I just thought it was uh, pretty interesting. And um, after I got out of the military, I decided I was going to go to school for civil engineering and then realized that I had to take four years of calculus and was like, Ooh, I don't know that that's going to work out for me. So (laughs) it's not the most exciting math. (laughs) Yeah. They said, well, how about this construction management program? And, uh, that was really, um, that I I was into that because it was tangible. I was really looking for, to be part of this team kind of atmosphere and really to see the results of, of what you do and, and have that tangibility. That was really something that I was looking for. So that's how I, that's how I found construction and just been in love with it ever since. Yeah. Very nice. What do you think? First off, thanks for your, your military service there. What did the, the Navy, how did that help prepare you for construction? The, the military, you know, they're, they're trained not to fail. So they have a winning mindset all all the time, you know, and there's a, the contingency plan for the contingency plan for the contingency plan. So from a project management standpoint, 
that's what we do. And, and so that's a really nice parallel, but this, you, you operate as a team, you have clear deliverables and you know exactly what your target is or where you're moving to, or you know what your mission and your goals are. So to me, it's a, it's a very nice parallel from the military to the construction industry. It's very, very similar. And they're, I mean, you know, we've, we've built a business around that hiring veterans, guard and reservists because of that, because of that training and that attitude they bring. It's just whatever it takes to get the job done kind of mentality. And construction has kind of very similar um, uh, feelings and, and, and work ethic. So it just, it was a nice compliment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll dig into that in a minute, but okay. Jenny, what brought you into construction? Yeah, well, a little bit different story than Chris. Um, well, we were based out of Salisbury, Maryland here, but um, I grew up in near Cincinnati, Ohio, and I was always creative as a kid. I actually wanted to be an architect as a, as a, not just an architect, a writer, um, you know, artist, all these different things, but architecture really held my attention. I was going to do that until college. Um, then I did an internship and it, it didn't go well. I don't, I don't know if it was just the, the place I was interning. It was, it was not, it totally changed my trajectory. I ended up going to school um, in Florida and got my graphic design degree and worked in real estate uh, graphic design for several years, but moved all over the country. And I was in my thirties living in LA. I ended up reconnecting with um, a, a friend in college who was widowed. He uh, lived in Salisbury, Maryland, and I uh, never heard of it before then. Um, and I moved cross country and came to Salisbury and adopted four kids for his four kids and became an instant mom. So I ended up here. Um, and I was wanting to get back into graphic design locally. And, um, after a couple of years, I met Chris and some people through friends and, uh, Chris was, uh, just, you know, a fun character, a great guy. And he was like always into, in marketing, even though he was in construction, he's always into art and different things like that. So we connected on that level. And so, um, Chris invited me to come work at, at, we call it DVB here, um, and I was really excited because I just felt like we were really going to, I think, do something, make a difference. So um, that's how I ended up here about five years ago. And it's uh, been, been a wild ride ever since. Hey, innovators. Do you want to help inspire the next generation of architects, engineers, and builders? Applied Software Great Tech Group does too. In fact, they have launched a scholarship contest and need your help spreading the word. If you know any students or teachers who could benefit from the contest, tell them to visit asti.com slash AEC scholarship for more information. Applied Great Tech is giving away over $1,000 to help students pursue their dreams. And we need your help to make it happen. So what are you waiting for? Let's make a difference together. Yeah. That's awesome. So kind of leaning back into the uh, work ethic side of things, grit is uh, it's right behind you guys. It's, it's a big word that you guys use that the grit to, leads to greatness phrase. Uh, what is what does that really mean to you? How do you guys define grit? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll maybe jump in on this part. So uh, Chris kind of tasked uh, our whole company. We we're going to rebrand the company, uh, do, do a whole new ad campaign. And I kind of I talked with Chris and I spent over a year just kind of, you know, researching and thinking about our company. We were also rewriting our core values. We really wanted to really define who we were and just kind of project that out to the world. So um, after we were kind of 
going through our core values um, study, I was really coming up, the word grit kind of kept coming, coming to it to mind because I think about, are we, we are about 50% better in here and I really appreciate their service and I love the, their mindset. But I also was thinking about construction. I sit here in the office every day and I hear our project managers talking, our superintendents stopping in. And there's always, you know, they're always trying to solve problems. And that was something that I believe in there. They're not small problems. Sometimes they're things that are beyond your control and you're just trying to figure out how we're going to accomplish this and build these things that people need. And so mm -hmm. I just, the word grit was really, it just kept coming up. I researched it a lot and I was like, man, this word, I love this word. It means a lot. And so I, you know, I presented the thought to Chris and our other, um, our other leadership team. And um, so we came up with the tagline, grit leads to greatness. And greatness is part of something that um, we all agree at, at DVB is something we're aspiring to. And greatness isn't just, you know, it's not a destination. It's a constant journey to better yourselves and change the world in positive ways. So instead of having just a tagline that had something about building, we were like, why don't we have a, a battle cry for not just the people who work here, but something anybody could agree with that, you know, once you put in the, in grit, you will achieve great things. So that's how we came up with the tagline. And you can see some of the, um, the ad campaign that we launched in 2020. Um, yeah, it was a really successful start to launching our, um, just our whole rebranding uh, for here at DBB. Yeah, I think another key piece to, to the, what Jenny said, and that was beautifully said, by the way, oh, um, was we wanted to elevate our, our workforce, not only the people that work at DVB, but the, the trade partners and kind of elevate them to the local marketplace and kind of say, hey, look, these jobs matter. They're um, people just like everybody else. And then, you know, we made these banners and put them on our job site. So in our higher traffic areas, people could drive by and see that kind of stuff. And, you know, mm -hmm. kids or and grandkids could be like, oh, hey, there's uh, Pop-Up or there's Mom or there's Dad, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it's really just kind of this way to instill pride um, in in our workforce and, and kind of our industry here. We have a we're a rural um, marketplace. So that that was really the goal behind it. Yeah. I love it. And I, I agree that grit is, it's a great word for construction. And I, I think uh, construction doesn't get enough credit for being uh, as creative of problem solvers as what everybody in the industry is. Uh, Jenny, you mentioned it in your answer there too, that people in construction, you're, you're solving very complex problems. And I think on, on an outsider looking into the industry, they totally overlook that and, and don't see the complexity of construction. They think it's, it's very simplistic and anybody in the world of construction knows it's not. <laughs> and if you miss it, the building's going to come down in your head and that's going to be a very big, yes. <laughs> very big problem. Uh, what do you think can be done uh, around that kind of misperception and how do we, how do we get the word out of what construction actually is? Mm, man, that's a great question. I, I really think that we need to go back to kind of the heritage of the trades. And if you look in Europe, um, that's where I would go. A lot of these artists, they were also trades, um, you know, people. And I think that kind of bringing that heritage and that pride and that artisan flavor back to the construction industry is something that we really need to take a hard look at. And that's how um, we really need to kind of 
describe ourselves as creatives. I, I don't think that kind of what you said, pe people think of construction as technical and it is, there's a big part of that, but going from 2D to 3D in the field, working with people and teams and systems and, and processes and logistics, um, you know, that that's creative problem solving. And, mm -hmm. and then now you have robotics coming into the industry, probably on a much larger scale in the next decade and manufacturing, I, I think it's going to be really creative, disruptive, exciting, and fun. And I think we need to look at it that way. I think there's a group that kind of sees that as a negative. I think that's a, that's a probably a competitive advantage that we can project to parents and educators and, and even, even the existing workforce out there, like, Hey, look, these are opportunities that exist here and now, and then look at the future of what this is going to become. This is going to be really, really exciting. We're, we're going to see building kind of be different probably in the first time in like thousands of years. It's going to be, it's pretty cool, man. It's a pretty cool time to, to be in the industry, I think. So I think we always kind of, because headlines work, right? The negative headline works, but really honing in on the opportunities that are here and then the pathway. I'm, I'm the, the, the poster or child for a construction industry. I started out as a laborer, moved to assistant superintendent, project manager. Then I uh, did some estimating. Then I started my own business. Um, so that's what construction has to offer. That's what parents and educators need to hear. It's not, I'm a carpenter, I'm an electrician, I'm a plumber. There's a, there's a vast opportunity and the, the latter it is in the industry, your choice to go get it. And it's there to be had. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Preach. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree with everything that you said there <laughs> for sure. I, I think we're at a, this really cool moment in the construction industry where there's, there's so much happening. There's so much change happening and yes, that can be scary because it's different, but if you can figure out how to harness that and, and, embrace it because it, it's happening whether you embrace it or not it, yeah. it's here it, it's happening that's right uh having that that grit to push through the the change management aspect of it the world is your your oyster there you know of that that you can there's so many different opportunities and and lines that you can go down in construction that i think your story of chris of, of coming in as a laborer is and then going to ceo and owning your own company is it's a great story because that's not uncommon in construction. Yeah. But I think people think it, it is uncommon on the outside, but it's not, it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We're one of the most entrepreneurial industries out there. And, uh, I've, I have found in my career that most people want to see, yeah, there's always going to be retractors, but there, there's more people that want to see you be successful and, and that will help you along the way than, than not. So, you know, that that's what our industry is. So, and, and I think that's another key piece that we have right now as a competitive advantage of our industry. We have a legacy moment. We have a, we have a chance to share what we know and, and what, what we've experienced and pass the torch to the next generation. And, you know, I think the stats are 30 to 40% of our workforce is going to retire in the next decade. Mm -hmm. what a legacy moment they have unlike any other time in, in our industry. And that's a, 
you know, that can be a, seen as a challenge or it can be seen as an opportunity. And I think the more folks that see that as an opportunity and recognize that that's a moment that they can have and they can make a difference in, in the future of the industry and then in the future of people. Wow. Who, uh, who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah. I, I like the legacy moment concept of it. So kind of spinning on that part of the, the grit leads to, to greatness initiative that you guys are, have been putting out there is you guys created a, a children's book around construction and kind of you know, helping to, to make construction cool again for the, the next generation. What inspired the children's book? Yeah, I mean, well, Chris came to me um, after we had the launch of the campaign that was over. He had mentioned a few times in passing, I, I really want to write a children's book. So that's, um, you know, Chris, I don't know if you want to talk about, you know, where, where that came from. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there was a couple of things. I mean, one of the things that we saw as a business over the next decade was, well, I, we talked about earlier, the retirement and I mean, in our area, we're down to one or two masonry companies that can handle the, the size of jobs that we go after. So we literally have a dying trade in our area. We have architects now designing buildings differently um, because of the workforce issue. Mm -hmm. So we said, man, we, you know, I'm, I'm not, and our company's not one to just kind of stand and watch something happen. We're going to change is going to happen regardless. Right. So yeah. we're going to go do something about it. And this is what we came up with. So we said, okay, well, this is really something for our business to, to go do and, and really to kind of spur interest in our subcontractor base as well. Um, because we depend on them. So, uh, that was the idea. One of our core values is being fresh. So we always want to kind of think outside of the box, look at things differently, kind of stand out from, from everyone else. And so that's the idea was, well, what if we wrote a children's book and what if we made the trades heroic and kind of literally make them the hero of the story. And, and that's kind of where the idea wanted it. And it, and actually like 10 years ago, my first interview I ever got from the local like public access channel, the guy asked me at the end of the interview, he's like, what do you want to do? What's next for you after, you know, this business? I said, well, one day I want to write a children's book. So, you know, this is and kind it wasn't of even about construction. It wasn't even, it, no, it yeah. wasn't <laughs> about a, Just, um, a duck. It's a perfect fusion. <laughs> I like it. It was about a duck who um, wanted to have some friends and go around and do all that. And actually this story, what I pitched to Jenny, um, I wanted to have a hammer who didn't know he was a hammer. So he was like going around on a job site trying to do like things for screwdrivers or wrenches or, you know, other types of trades. Yeah. And then kind of at the end, he realized, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I am supposed to do the stuff that a hammer does. And, and every job kind of matters. Every tool matters. And they all work together to build the house. And Jenny was like, that is probably the worst idea I've ever heard. Of. <laughs> clearly not doing that. And, no, no. Uh, I mean, I just, uh, <laughs> I just couldn't. I just didn't get inspired by the story. And I maybe I'm just a little bit more. You know, I was thinking kind of big picture ideas. But no, yeah, I was like, that's that's terrible, Chris. No. Uh, yeah, but Love I mean, it. we're going to change everything about it. You know? <laughs> I was like, hey, we're going to start over. So yeah, so Chris was like, kind of had that day. I was like, well, let's think about this. You know, that's usually my like my uh, like you know, nice way of saying like, let's try something else. So, um, but yeah, so that kind of, you know, Chris mentioned the book and I was like, 
you know, we've gone through this core value stuff. And so I was thinking, well, well, we need to like, why don't we do something that's kind of like epic? That's another one of our core values is do epic things or epic shit. If you, if that's the real word. But um, so, I mean, th that was, that was the idea. So like, okay. So I was thinking about how Chris and everybody here at the office and beyond talks about this workforce shortage. You know, you keep hearing about this. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. so what, what can we do to solve this? You know, what's going to be something that's going to actually change the trajectory of like, sounds like we're not going to have a job sometime soon. We're all going to you know, lose this. Like, let's, let's do something about it. So that's kind of where that the idea started to, to, to change. And, and so we had this, this new tagline, you know, so, and we really done all this research on grit and greatness was something that we just really believed in. And so the idea came up was like, what if greatness were a place that kids could find? And so that kind of set the tone of greatness being a, a, maybe a metaphorical place. And so once we had that idea of like, okay, kids seeking greatness, what does that look like? And then it started to turn into this map. You know, there's this journey that you're going on seeking greatness. And so we started to talk with Chris, like, what if, what if these obstacles along the way of this path happen to be different trades that the kids encounter, but the trade, the obstacles end up actually shaping them into who they are and who they can become. So that set the stage for us to really sit down, brainstorm, come up with the different trades we were gonna we we're gonna encounter. So I don't know if you want to talk more about that part. Yeah, we came up with five different trades in the in the book. We wanted to do more and the and then actually the kind of funny story is more people that found out about this, they're like, oh let's put a concrete character in there. Let's put a HVAC character in there. Let's put an elevator character in there. And we're like, guys you and know, I was like writing all this down. Back, I'm like, okay. back, back <laughs> off here. This is uh, this actually. You know, we have the manuscript done at this point. Um, you know, you have this took us months to get here, um, but it was exciting. So, but we we have um, Copper the plumber, Mason the mason, Rowan the stone carpenter, Ark the welder, and the electrician magician. So we have five characters, and we wanted to really kind of come up with this fun epic adventure like magical way to deliver these characters that kids could kind of interact with jenny and i are both nerds uh so you know we love like all the lord of the rings and uh you know stuff one. like that uh, co comic books yeah. uh, the goonies all, is yeah, one of my favorite movies a bunch as a of kid. like 80s and 90s stuff um i actually was singing captain planet the other day on a on a different podcast um, you can sing it here the, too if you uh, want. You can reprise it. That's a great one. <laughs> well, well, there is a real point to that actually, and so if you want me to sing it, it's Captain Planet. He's our hero. But back in the '90s, there was a big push um, to promote environmentalism, recycling, reduce, reuse, and they did it through comics, TV series, books, and children's. Uh, you know, toys and, and movies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that construction industry really has to take a look at. Um, the, if you run the kind of the numbers out on how many people we need to reach to, to fill the gap, you know, different uh, HBI reports, 2.2 million AGC says uh, 500, you know, plus thousand um, plus the 40%, you know, retirement. And then if you ask yourself, okay, well, how many people 
does it take to get one person to join? Is that five? Is that 10? Is that 15? I'm not sure. I don't know the, the stats out there, um, but I kind of used our industry average. So uh, around where we are, the close rate on jobs is somewhere between 10 and 30%. And um, you do that math, you're at 15 to 30 million people to introduce the trades positively to, to fill our workforce number of around two-ish million. Yeah. So 15 to 30 million isn't going to happen by one group. It's not going to happen by merit. It's not going to happen by union. It's not going to be by book, a book or anything. It's going to be a moment in time, the legacy moment, going back to the legacy moment I talked about it. This is, this is our time to come together as an industry really and, 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 and make a difference. And I, I think it has to be on that kind of multimedia level to, to really, to make a to make a dent in, in in it so yeah and so with the with the kids you see, this book basically is like kids saving the world so you talk about the 90s movement and i was really affected by that i was 10 years old i actually wrote a, a song called save our world because i they had explained in school in different ways that we have a part in saving the planet and those were things that it you know it, it was a tangible thing i could i could think about and i wanted i couldn't let the world fall apart you know so it really touched me and it it, it it influenced me and so i took that feeling and tried to put that into this idea of this book you know a futuristic world that's crumbling that's that's the setting that it's in and in there and we were like well why is the world crumbling so we created a distraction there's these glowing stones that appeared mysteriously and the whole the whole world that they live in everybody's staring at these stones obviously metaphors for technology and all those things which i love technology i'm i'm all about it but i have four kids and i have to teach them technology is useful but it cannot be your your idol it cannot be your thing that that distracts you and keeps you from doing the things you're meant to meant to be or do you know mm -hmm. so um that's you know the setting of this book but it's like two there's two kids that are looking around and they realize there's more to life than 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 all these people doing nothing so um you know it was kind of you know set it was a story you know that that i think chris and i both believe in in terms of we you know we we want to be inspired just like kids want to they, they want they don't want to know about oh you know this you can make a lot of money in construction you can do this these kids just want to have something that they can believe they can change the world and make a difference and and have fun while doing it you know so that's that's kind of how this this book was was centered around that yeah i love it i i grew up on captain planet as well too you know I'm a product of the the 90s so <laughs> i i love it i think it's it's really relevant too because the negative perception of construction was a cultural phenomenon that that happened over the, the last couple of decades. And it's going to take another cultural movement to reverse that. And we have our work cut out for us, but uh, reaching down to talk with children about construction, there's something inherently really cool about construction for a kid. I have four of my own kids and they, I say on this podcast, uh, all the time of how my oldest, especially just loves sitting and watching a construction site or, you know, going in and seeing any type of uh, machinery being moved about. He's just enamored with it. He will stare and watch it for hours. And I, I think we have to go into the kid's world and, and say, yeah, no, this is awesome. Let's, let's go look at this, buddy. You know, let's go explore. Let's see what they're doing. They're doing really cool things. You can't have a, can't have civilization without construction. We'll all 
all the infrastructure around us will crumble down. Yeah. It's just a, uh, yeah. Go for it. To, and to that, I think it's a, I think it's a, what we're finding we've been in probably about 10 schools now and, and about in front of about 2000 kids and, and we're getting ready to launch a fall event with uh, several associated builder and contractor chapters. Be probably the goal is to be in front of another 3000 kids this fall. So one of the things we see is, is just, they don't know. It's just, mm -hmm. they're not aware or exposed. And I think that that's partly because the schools just don't know what our industry has to offer. Parents don't know it. It's just kind of this thing that's been not thought about it. Unless you have a relative or some kind of connection to the industry, it's something that's really not thought about. But these are really interesting, cool, um, and complex things. And I think one of the things that we don't do a good job at on the construction, and I'm kind of just speaking as the industry, is talking about our purpose, right? Mm -hmm. What you said. Our infrastructure, how these jobs matter. I mean, Jenny had a really good idea this week about, you know, maybe highlighting some of these projects that are happening around the country, one of these infrastructure projects, and then, you know, taking construction related materials or books um, into the classrooms around those, bring some of those folks that are, you know, working on that project and then put them in the in the schools and then talk about how that's making a difference in the community that they're in, what that role is and what the benefit of that project is. Yeah, a lot of these projects are connecting literally like arteries of the U.S. together. Mm -hmm. I mean, and if without them, you know, these, we have to do it because we won't have all the things that we order online, all this, all the, all the supply chain will fall apart. So I think, you know, and that's something uh, we've talked to other people is connecting kids seeing the, the results of, of what we do and how that saves the world and changes the world. And they, like, they need some tangible things. So yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. We, we did an event here in our area in March and we had about 40 to 50 contractors going to, we went into 60 classrooms. So it was about 1500 kids. And so Jenny and I were using this as a test market really to see how the kids were going to react. And we were from second to fifth grade. Um, in, in five different schools. And so, but one of the things that surprised us the most was the level of pride from the men and women reading in the classroom. I, I mean, it was literally shocking. Like we were not expecting it. Um, and the energy, the empowerment, the sense of pride, uh, the enthusiasm for our industry, I have never seen anything like it. It was incredibly moving, probably one of our best days uh, professionally in my career. I mean, it was very, very moving to watch men and women to just have this like, man, I, my, what I do matters. And so that was something we were not expecting. So then Jenny and I kind of on the back end of that said, well, what if we could scale this nationally and starting and start putting more contractors in classrooms? and and capture that feeling and i'll use a sports analogy here uh, i'm an o's fan right now like the o's are pretty hot they're uh five two games out of first place but their fan base is growing and that's because they're winning right yeah and their fan base shrinks when they lose and our industry for a long time has felt like we haven't won so but the point about that when your fan base is winning they tell everybody 
and they wear all the materials and they and they're showing everybody that they're part of the team and they're doing the exact opposite they're doing the same thing when they're losing they're not wearing it they're not showing anybody and so the thought is is okay well what if we could create an experience here where we could activate our existing workforce that going back to that legacy piece again and get them having some kind of sense of pride enthusiasm being like reinvigorated and really thinking like wow you know what we do really does matter and there are you know children and parents and educators out there looking up to us about what we do and how we do it and and thinking it's cool and exciting i mean our, our storefront guy was in there for an hour and a half with third graders they were getting in connecting details on glazing systems so, yeah, first, I mean, was, and we, this is our first, we had not really, we only read the, the, the story to family and friends who probably don't give us an honest answer about the book, you know, but so we, this was the first time I was a nervous wreck, you know, hmm. thinking about these kids are going to hate it. It's going to, going to fail. You know, I, I don't know why I say those things to myself, but I think that's the creative in me, the, the critic, but um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it was such a great day because not only did the kids connect and, that, and they asked questions throughout the book, that was something that we really liked hearing because they would ask the reader, you know, what, what is this or what mm -hmm. is that? And then the, the reader, a lot of different, our different, you know, subcontractors, they, they were able to tell them what they personally did, you know, on a job site or connected their own life to the story. So that really was a very organic thing that happened that we really thought that was like, wow, we really have something here. And that was another thing. So Chris, as, as the owner of, of Delmarva Veteran Builders, he sent out um, a call to all of our you know, subcontractors, different uh, construction affiliated companies and said, can you all gift a, a classroom bundle of books? So 25 books, um, it, you know, you can gift one as many as you want, and then we'll organize, we'll take those books to the classroom. We'll tell you where to show up and where to read, you know? So it wasn't like, oh, I want to read to my kid's class. It was more like, we're going to donate these books and then we're going to take them to the general public, you know, the community, the kids that need it. And so, um, yeah, it was like two days worth of, uh, of reading and it was great because we, we live in an area, you know, there's, there's, there's different levels of, 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 of income here. And there's kids that, you know, that we even like 20% at the poverty level here. And, and one thing we researched about books was interesting is that not many kids even own a book in their own home, you know, there's libraries around, but actually receiving a book and it's yours and you take home mm -hmm. is like, it was it was like Christmas, you know, and, and that was so cool. And you feel like Santa Claus. You're like, I'm I'm and that's the people we had the contractors handing the books out. You know, they're giving the books and the kids are happy. And so they sit there with their own copy. They read along and they get to and then they take it home. And so if they have a parent at home, a guardian, you know, a sibling, they can then read the book again, reinforce the message and they then keep it forever. So yeah. um, that was the next level that we you know, we weren't sure like, well, people want to buy the books. Will contractors be into this? And it was an overwhelming response. We reached almost 2000 kids in two days with each, each of them getting a book. And yeah. that was just in our little hometown here. So yeah, it was fun. That's awesome. Well, what's the parental response been of hearing the uh, construction narrative, maybe from a, a different vantage point than what they've, uh, you know, maybe thought of it before. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we've heard we've heard from some parents and they just I think what is great about it. And it's like I said, it's an introduction to construction, right? It's not we're not going to explain everything about construction and the pay wall and you know, all the different things that happen. But it's it's something that just brings in a positive, a positive 
outlook under construction, mm -hmm. how it matters in the world. And also they love the grit. I think entwining the message about grit to kids is super, we, it's almost like, you know, I wanted to strategically put that in there. So it's not just about construction, it's also about grit and how it combines together. And it can kind of teach kids several different things, but it's brought to you by the construction trades. So we, yeah, we got a note. Um, we, we've had many notes, one about uh, an older brother reading to a little brother um, and then learning about grit. One kid in the class, uh, when we did like an assembly type of thing, he asked if grit was real. And, um, and then we're like, yeah, it is a real thing. And, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're teach you all about it. So we kind of coined the phrase grit is your superpower. And, um, so I think we're going to try and kind of do something with that. I got a message, actually, my wife got a message from one of her friends, um, uh, five or six year old was struggling in swim team lessons. And she's like, I'm taking I'm reading great leads to greatness tonight. So he can see about, you know, sticking with something and overcoming challenges and, and, and learning about that. So I think one of the best messages we got was from a principal. Uh, I think it was the next day we got uh, an email and he said, I have kids walking around saying, I want to be a Mason because I want to build something that lasts forever. And I have kids saying, I want to be an electrician so I can learn how to wire things up. So I think that was probably the best message that we've gotten um, feedback wise from the educator or administrator. But if you kind of look at what, what we've done, some of the critics about this is, oh, okay, well, you're, you're solving the workforce problem in 10 years, right? And I think it's an and statement. Construction's always been focused on the, the here and now, the short term. What are you doing for me today? And I get that. And I have my own business and I'm dealing with it right now, too. But I think it's an and. It's, it, can't, it can't be one or the other. It's, so it's an and. We have to do both. But, um, but what we found here was, okay, we're going to be in front of 2,000 kids, but what's the multiply effect, right? We've got 50 companies on board that know about it now. They all have families. They all took a book home. You know, the parents now um, all know about this. You know, they, they have um, uh, people, um, the educators and the administrators. So the, all the principals, I mean, and schools, and some schools were really, really excited about it. They did posters. They did construction theme stuff in, on the walls and kind of got real excited about it. And other schools didn't get as excited about it. But then you looked at it and you said, okay, well, that's happening. And then the media showed up because they caught wind of what was happening. It's not normal for construction companies to come into schools and give 2,000 books away. And so then the media was in talking about it and what that was like and how that was. So the multiply effect here was you're now reaching like 10,000 people just to go in and read to the classroom. So the thought was, okay. What if we scaled this and had 100 events or 200 events or 300 events across America doing the same thing, like on the same month? So one, one other thing that we found here was pretty much every contractor that went into the classroom used it to their advantage. They were taking pictures and selfies with the kids or they used it as their public relations arm and all that kind of stuff. And it started trending on social where we were. 
and we said, oh, wow, well, what if we were coordinated with this? Like we, Jenny and I missed the opportunity. Um, but, uh, well, just like social tag. Yeah. What if like there that? was a coordinated social tag here? Right. And then now there's events popping off all across America with the same social tag. What would that look like? And what would that do? And I'm of the opinion that that would capture probably some national attention. Yeah. And once you capture the attention, then you can market, you can, you can tell people what our industry has to offer and what exciting opportunities do exist and that kind of thing. So I think that's kind of like where we want to go with it. And we do have contractors all over the Amer uh, all over America reaching out to us and wanting to learn how to get in involved. We, we have an event in October where um, we have four ABC chapters and we're going to do 3000 schools. And I think we just got Florida that's going to commit and come on board. So on about 3000 schools um, of oh, 3000 kids. Okay. Sorry. Good. Yeah. I was like, yeah. okay, I got to order more books. <laughs> I, was, I was freaking out. That's uh, great. But okay. That's yeah. logistical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So that, that and we also thought like, you know, the book taking home, like there's gonna be parents who may read this and you're like, you know, maybe, maybe construction is for me, you know, cause we need even current people to join the, the force. So, um, I think the one thing is just like, we're, we're putting out construction, we're branding, branding ourselves, our industry as people who are in the community. We are, we are leaders in our community. We care about kids. We care about how they look at the world and, and we can, we can start to change our image, you know, and, and this is one way, you know, obviously there's a million, we've met so many cool people who are doing really great things at all levels. Like I, I think that's opened my eyes to like all this back, all the workings that's happening behind the scenes that I'm just learning about. And, you know, I said, our book is, you know, something we just want to help people who are already in the fight to, to change this image and change the stigmas. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing and in, in inspiring uh, kids to, to come in. And I totally agree, Chris, that it has to be that and approach that one of the reasons, one of the factors of why we're in this skilled labor shortage that we are, is that we've only been looking at the next couple of years and haven't been thinking about the, the next generation. So we got to get kids excited to, to come into construction. And this book is a, a awesome way to, to go about that. If, how do people get a copy of it? Yeah, um, right now we have it um, on our website. You can buy a single copy. You can buy a classroom bundle if you like. If you want to try it in your hometown, just test it out. But um, you can go to gritleadstogreatness.com um, and you can find both both versions of the book there with the single and the classroom bundle. But we are getting ready to launch on Amazon here soon. If you want to uh, sign up for our newsletter online on, on our website, do that. We're gonna, we need an Amazon team. If you want to review the book and, and give a shout out to us, we'd appreciate it. Um, that's where we are at this point. Did I forget? No, that, yeah, we'll be on Amazon this, um, month. And I think one of, one of the cool things for this, this characters that exist out here is we, there's a lot of things that could happen with them. And that's what we're really excited about there. You know, toys, gamification, interaction, uh, lesson plans, you know, having career introductory guides that can go home with the books and stuff like that. So I think those are all the things that we're going to start working on, on our end, on how to build this out and make this better and really close the gap for the construction industry. Yeah. And reinforcing that message, you know, once they hear the book, they hear the story. Okay. How are we going to make sure that it's brought to you by the construction trades? Don't forget, don't forget. So those are some, some things that we really, you know, want to positively 
change the change people's minds and think and think about it uh, it'd be, be top of mind so yeah fantastic awesome well last question for you guys if i could give you all power you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in construction what would you choose to innovate mm, that's a good question i got mm, one okay um i think there needs to be a thought leadership conference that happens where we discuss the challenges of facing our industry from a workforce vantage point. And I think the future of the next 10 years, I think the working conditions on the job site, I think having the culture um, of, and the pride and like this artisan kind of flavor to it, I don't hear a lot of people talk about that stuff now. And I know it's kind of icky to talk about, but I think it's something if we're going to be, we, we are competitive against other industries and we have to recognize it. And the first step is always recognizing that it is an issue and then really starting to have a conversation about it. And I think Jenny, I'm stealing actually Jenny's idea. Uh, <laughs> the League of Disruptors was uh, her, her, her thing, but it's like, yeah, and it's super fun. And it's super different. I'm picturing like and Tony's, is it Tony Stark's house? Yeah, we like, can do it there. That sounds great. Right. It's like, and it's not just people in the construction industry. It's like just thinkers, creatives. Yeah. People Getting who- creatives outside of the industry into, into our industry to really look at who we are and, and how we do things. I think that's something that we don't see. Yeah. And Jenny and I would really love to see I love that, that happen. Yeah. The opposite of boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for me, you're asking innovation. So, I mean, like as a woman, you know, job sites, you know, I, I figure on, I haven't been to the really massive job sites where maybe there's difference, but having just like state of the art bathrooms, you walk in, you know, as you're working on the job site, like as a woman, I like a nice bathroom. I'm not, I don't think that's asking too much. So I think, uh, you know, just having a, you know, just a great, an actual, like, I could just see it's like pops up and it's just, it's just pristine and beautiful. That's it. I don't think there, there's, you know, it's not too much to ask, right? There you go. I mean, <laughs> that, we can go with prefab something, you know, it, it can happen. It can happen yeah. for sure. I like it. Well, Jenny and Chris, thanks so much for taking the time and coming on. Awesome work with the book and what all you guys are, are doing to help to push the, the industry forward. I think it's, it's truly it's very inspiring and amazing work. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for Appreciate having it. us. Yeah. It's so much fun. This is awesome. Thank you. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, I love the concept of a legacy moment. Let's embrace the potential of this time by sharing what we know with the next generation. Second take, the grit and creative problem solving inherent in construction is inspiring and something that we need to own and communicate more. And final take, yes, we have to worry about recruiting workers into construction now, but we also have to take a yes and approach and reach younger audiences through creative means to truly make construction cool again. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software Great Tech Group at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, 
bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining the conversation to model the future on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software, Gray Tech Group production, copyright applied software, Gray Tech Group, 2023.